Welcome to the Pursue of Bliss podcast. My name is Kristen. I'm a self-professed health, spirituality, and mindset junkie. You know that blissful happiness you feel when you're just at peace with yourself, living fully in the present moment? That's the feeling I believe we are all in the pursuit of. And I want to help you get one step closer by up-leveling your health, mindset, and love for yourself. Because that lasting and blissful happiness can only be found and created within. So get ready for all things mindset, holistic health, and spirituality. I hope this serves you. excited to be back. I think it's been a month at least, if not more. I'm not sure. It's felt like a really long time since I've recorded an episode. I actually ended up taking a very unplanned, unexpected month or so off from my business outside of my current clients. Of course, I'm always there for my mastermind queens and my one-on-one clients, but outside of supporting them, which is my favorite part of my entire business and doesn't feel like work, I decided to take a break from all kinds of outward energy. So anything that was creating. So whether that meant putting posts on my feed or creating podcasts or sending out emails or posting on Facebook, I just paused everything. And originally it was meant to just be a week. (laughs) Then after that week I got sick and couldn't record and then After that week, I still was kind of really exhausted from being sick and I had planned this trip to Guatemala and then after that I was in Guatemala and while I was there, I'm going to talk more about my solo trip there, but while I was there and I I went solo and I really felt called when I was there to being fully in the experience with myself without any outward energy and I really found my focus while I was in Guatemala was on receiving was on opening and receiving and opening more and receiving and opening more and receiving Uh, and what I mean by receiving is really grounding into just being really purifying and aligning my energy and allowing everything that was in alignment with that to come to me without trying without grasping without forcing without reaching outward And it was actually a really magical experience. But before I get into Guatemala, you know, it's really amazing right now when I look back at where I was a year ago, because at this time a year ago, I had also stopped my business, right? If you've been with me and following my journey for at least a year now, you probably remember last year I made a few podcast episodes about it. I called it being in the mush, being in the void. Some of you are probably in it right now, being in that deep, dark, messy, mushy, chaotic place where your whole life seems to be burning to the ground and you don't know what's next for you. And all you know is that all the doors that used to be open are now closed, right? And it's that really scary time period where the doors have all closed, but you can't currently see the doors that are open, right? It's almost like those doors, the open doors are behind you, but you're paralyzed where you are staring at the closed doors. So you don't even realize that there are open doors behind you, like... The visual that I'm seeing is all of these doors closed on your old life and you're like banging on the doors trying to get them to open, but they're locked. And all, there's all these these doors or like a pathway open behind you. And it's just like, in my mind, it, it looks like almost this pathway into like into Wonderland or Neverland or Narnia or whatever magical place resonates with you. Just this really beautiful, magical, peaceful place. 
But if we're still paralyzed looking at the doors that close, we can't even turn around and realize that that incredible new better life is waiting for us. And, you know, the thing is, this is really normal because when you've only ever had the best you've ever had, you don't know what it looks like or feels like to have better than that. And so when we lose things that are really, really good, it's painful and it's human. It's natural to want to reach, to grasp, to save. Change is hard. And change is even harder when it means saying goodbye to things that once brought us the best times of our entire life. And the time period in between the best time of our life that we've ever had up until now and to times that are going to be even better, that time period in between, that's what I call the void, (laughs) the mush, right? Or like I call it mush if you haven't listened to my past episodes because when a caterpillar turns into a butterfly, it goes into a cocoon and it literally breaks down into like goo, into mush, into nothingness before it reforms and comes out as a butterfly. But when it's in the mush, it doesn't know it's becoming a butterfly or, you know, I actually don't know what a, <laughs> what a caterpillar knows or not, but I imagine that, ca- that a caterpillar doesn't know it's becoming a butterfly. I imagine it just feels like dying. And for me, that's what it felt like to be in the void. All the doors were closing. And it just felt like the doors closed and God lit a fire to them. And I was just watching those doors burn down. And I kept trying to grasp for, grasp for them, but my hands kept getting burned. And it was just really, really painful. As I watched my old life just kind of burn away and I had to surrender to it. Not realizing that there was something even better behind me because I wasn't looking behind me. I was so busy looking at the fire that was burning down all of these doors that used to be open in my life. And it truly felt like dying and... It felt like dying because a part of me was dying, right? Like when you're in the void, there's, you know, that was, I speak on that void because that was one of the biggest voids in my life. It was months long. It was really, really deep, but we all have all kinds of voids. It can last an hour. It can last a day. It can last a week, a month, a few months. Uh, If you want to hear more about specifically that void in my life, I recorded an episode on it, I think in, in October 2021 of last year. It's called Navigating the Void because I know that that energy is kind of back around right now. There's a lot of people experiencing that. And if you're there, I just want you to know that the pain has a purpose. And even if it feels like you're dying, a part of you is dying. And it's important to grieve that part of you. And it's important to let that part of you go. Because until you allow that part of you to kind of fall away, you allow yourself to shed the old parts of you that were really attached to these old parts of your life. Till you let that fall away, you're going to be unable to turn around and actually see what's waiting for you. And I was accelerated into what I call the void or the mush is really what the word that resonates with me. What accelerated me into that was kind of breaking the breaking down of every area of my life. From extreme heartbreak like I've never experienced before to my business suddenly drying up and not feeling aligned with me and me completely stopping my income to moving to a brand new city where my expenses skyrocketed at the same time that I stopped my business and was making no money, feeling completely alienated and alone with new friends in a new city after leaving the absolute best six months of my life up until that point with the most loving community of my life, you know, leaving that behind and being completely lonely. There's a lot of aspects that led me into this, into this void and The reason I brought this up is because where I am right now is reminding me of this time last year because once again, I stopped my business. But this time when I stopped my business on purpose, I stopped marketing. I stopped putting out any kind of content. I stopped promoting my services, if you can call them services, my coaching, my whatever you want to call it. I stopped promoting myself. 
I stopped responding to applications. I literally purposefully stopped my business. Like I had some people who were ready to pay me for certain containers and I actually just turned them down because it wasn't aligned. Everything inside of me was telling me to stop, to slow down, to be with myself without efforting, without having to do anything. And for me, this time around, it feels so much more peaceful. Last year, it was chaotic when I stopped my business. And this year, it just felt right, right? There's pieces of me that fought. There were pieces of me that felt the urge to work, that felt the urge to force it, that felt the urge to go make money. But there was this deep peace and safety within me knowing that this is exactly where I, and how I'm meant to be. Knowing that no matter how long this time period of me not working lasts, whereas here I am making a podcast a month later, as I felt inspired today, and last year it lasted for quite a few months. This year it was only a month. Who knows if, you know, who knows? Maybe I won't want to work next week, but right now I feel inspired to be back in the flow. And I had this feeling of no matter how long this time period lasts of me not feeling inspired to work, I know that I'm safe and I'm held. I am so safe and so held. And it is it just gives me chills because it's just a reflection of how deeply I've connected to myself and created an internal sense of safety. And really that internal sense of safety is me reconnecting more deeply to the divine, to God, to universe, and really trusting. And I wouldn't be where I am now in this deep space of trust if I hadn't gone through the void last year. Going through that void, coming out the other side, and actually watching my life transform in miraculous ways that I could have never even have thought to ask for, like such miraculous, beautiful ways. Witnessing all of that happen over the past year in my life created a deep, unshakable sense of trust inside of me. And it's that trust, that faith that was built amidst the void that is allowing me to attract miracles into my life right now. It is that deep faith and trust that is allowing me to create the ease that I have now. It's allowing me to feel at peace, unconditionally following my intuition, even when it means doing things that don't make logical sense or don't make financial sense or or go against all my past programming. You know, it's the first time in my life that I literally stopped working for an entire month and felt really, really fucking good about it. <laughs> The amount of resistance I had to not working for an entire month was extremely minimal, right? There's moments here and there, but I'm able to breathe through them pretty quickly and relax back into myself. And it's this same sense of embodied surrender, like I'm explaining it in my business, but it's happening in every area of my life right now. When resistance comes up around something or a story comes up or something doesn't go my way, I found myself being able to really allow the sensation to be there, breathe into the sensation and let it go very quickly and with a lot more ease. And I'm sharing this with you because I really want you to understand if you're in the void right now, I just got chills. If you're in the void right now, it has purpose. It's inviting you into deeper surrender and deeper faith and deeper trust. And I know it feels really painful and really difficult and really impossible right now and maybe even a little bit hopeless. It did for me. But in that time period when I was feeling really hopeless, I was leaning on the belief that other people had in me. I really leaned on the belief that my mentor had in me. I leaned on the belief that my best friends had in me. I leaned on on the stories of other people who'd made it through similar experiences and watched their life change dramatically for the better. I leaned on my connection that I was rebuilding with God. And the purpose showed itself, right? It showed itself months later. And now, over a year later, I'm still reaping the benefits of me surrendering 
through that experience, right? Because when you're in the void, you have two options. Force your way through it, trying to grasp it the way things used to be. Trying to mold reality to your liking. It's going to create more chaos. It'll give you short-term comfort, long-term chaos. Or surrender to it, which means short-term pain, long-term peace. That was the route that I chose. Took a lot of courage. Took a lot of support from mentors. Took a lot of tears. But it got me to where I am when I'm in a place where... (laughs) I just got chills again. I just... When I talk about my life right now, it's like I can't even wipe the smile off my face. And it's not because life is good all the time. Like, my lows are still low. I still have really deep hurt and really deep pain and really deep triggers that come up. But... I've never felt the amount of ease and just like lightness that I have right now in my life ever. And yeah, shitty things still happen. I still cry and I still get angry and I'm still human. But my ability to be with my triggers, be with the sensations without resisting them and and just breathing through them is exponential. And my ability to keep my heart open when pain shows up, I'm so, so proud of. Because it's that that's creating the radiance and the magnetism that is attracting to me with ease everything that is meant for me without me having to try to grasp at it. And this is what everyone wants. Like everyone who reaches out to work with me, I'm telling you, every single person, all of them want ease. Everyone in my DMs want ease. Everyone applying to work with me wants ease. Everyone in my mastermind wants ease. Of course, everyone wants ease. Who doesn't? But the thing is, the path to having a life of ease is not easy. The path there is not easy. It is challenging and it takes courage. If you want a life where you're manifesting with force, right, the burnout, the exhaustion, the path there is easy, right? So we can take the easy path that leads to a life of internal chaos and burnout, or we can take the difficult path that leads to a life of ease, a life of alignment, a life that you can kind of like uh, just melt into and trust and surrender to. And this is what a lot of people don't understand. They say, I want ease. And it's like, okay, great, let's do it. But then what they actually want (laughs) is an ease. They want easy. And those two cannot be confused. Ease and easiness are not the same thing. To me, ease is this deep embodied trust in life and in God. This deep embodied trust in knowing that what is meant for you will come to you when you are grounded in and embodied in and aligned within yourself. When your heart is open. When you are no longer in resistance to the present moment. To the sensations in your body what's happening around you because what's that quote it's like what is meant for you will never pass you by or something along those lines there's lots of versions of that quote and I deeply believe it but not universally we attract what is meant for us when we are in alignment not to say that if you're not quote-unquote in alignment you're not going to attract what's meant for you but it's going to be different right when you're in a a energy of force you're going to attract experiences that are quote-unquote meant for you But they're meant to crack you open, to soften you, to trigger the pain out of you that's already been existing within you so that you can reach a space of alignment and begin to attract with ease the things that are meant meant for you, meant for your highest path, the things that will bring you fulfillment. 
So I guess, yes, universally, you always attract, attract what is meant for you. But if you're looking at the term meant for you as in the things that will bring you fulfillment and deep love and deep joy, right? Like the partner or the money or whatever it is, the job, those things will be attracted to you with ease when you allow yourself to open. And, you know, there was someone that asked me in a Q&A recently, why do these bad things keep happening to me? Why does God want me to suffer? Why does the universe want me to suffer? And my response to that would be, God isn't trying to make you suffer. He's trying to crack you open. Because only when you're open can you attract all of the things that are really meant for you on your highest path. And when I say this, I'm really speaking to people who have their survival needs met. The pain, the struggles, the challenges are here to crack you open. But if you are in resistance to them, what's happening is you're facing your challenges with a closed heart. And I know why, because opening your heart is painful. It means feeling the really difficult, deep pain that all of these challenges are presenting to you. But the pain is here to crack down the walls that you've built around your heart, because only with an open heart, with open energy, can we receive and attract and magnetize with ease everything that we're desiring. So be careful what you ask for when you ask for a life of ease. Because you're worthy of it, you can have it, absolutely. You can have it right now. But you're going to be initiated into it. It's not going to be all ease and joy and relaxation and pleasure. Like you see all these pleasure coaches all over the place just showing you that you need to have more pleasure practices to attract all of these pleasurable things into your life. And once again, that's just like 5% of the truth. I don't think pleasure needs to be forced. We'll feel more inspired to be in our pleasure organically and naturally when we've opened ourselves up and actually begin to feel and transmute and witness and release the blocks that we've built around naturally feeling pleasure. So many of us have so many walls up that we can't even naturally or organically feel pleasure or joy on a deep level because the walls we built to keep away the pain are also keeping away the good things. And so you can do all the pleasure practices in the world, but if it's coming from force, you're still not in the energy of attracting with ease. This is why, you know, when people ask me, how do I, how do I be more feminine? How do I get into a feminine energy, right? Because they see it all over Instagram, the key to attracting everything you want, is just being in your feminine energy. Then you can see a list of what feminine, the divine feminine is, right? Like the divine feminine is stillness. The divine feminine is emotions and flow and energy and dance and, and non-structure and all of these things is receiving, and you can do everything on those lists. You can dance more. You can do more pleasure practices. You can relax more. You can breathe into yourself more. You can be more in the present moment. You can dress more feminine. You can do all of these things. And they're great, right? Whatever. They're great practices. I'm not saying there's not a place for them. But if you are trying to be more feminine by nature, that is not the feminine essence. Because what you're essentially doing is saying, how I am right now is wrong. I need to be a different way to be worthy of what I want, right? Maybe if I just become more feminine, if I check off these things that I saw on Instagram, I'll begin attracting everything that I desire. But what's happening is it's coming from the energy of like, how I am now is wrong. I need to fix myself. I need to become more like 
a divine feminine person and just my invitation to you would be wait slow down breathe stop making how you are right now wrong stop making how and who you are wrong stop trying to fix yourself in the name of becoming more like divinely feminine or or whatever you're trying to become because if you're trying to force your way into a different energy to attract a life of ease while it's still coming right you're manifesting or attracting still from the intention and energy of force which means no matter what you attract the kind of life you have that's coming from what you're doing here it's going to be a life that has force as the base so that's not going to be a life of ease it's still going to be coming from force. The energy that we set that that we attract from or magnetize from or manifest from is exponentially dramatized in the life that we attract and the things that we attract in that next chapter. So, you don't need to force or try so hard to be a different kind of person whether that's you thinking you need to be more in your feminine to attract what you want or more in your masculine or more balanced or more this or more that or more confident or more anything. Stop trying to fix yourself. You don't need fixing. And yes, softening and melting into your feminine and opening your heart will help you become more radiant and attract all of the things you desire with ease, but that doesn't happen through force or through checking things off of a checklist or doing what everyone tells you on Instagram. You will organically and naturally relax into your feminine when you begin to release all of the things all of the walls all of the stories all of the repressed emotions and feels that are blocking you from naturally relaxing into what is your natural state of being you don't need to force something that is natural to you if your essence if you feel that your essence as a human being is feminine which is not every single person but if that's you or maybe it's masculine for you either way you will naturally recalibrate into that state when you begin to release everything that is blocking you from that state. So it just, a lot of people are asking the wrong questions. Instead of asking, how can I become more feminine or get more in my feminine? Ask, how can I open more? Can I open 2% more next time I'm triggered? And by open, I really mean like breathing into your heart, opening your heart taking a moment before you respond and and not reacting from a trigger but rather reacting from a vulnerable place from your heart from sharing your feelings open-heartedly we need to be asking where can i feel more where can i love more where can i trust more where am i outsourcing my safety how can i reconnect to the divine to the masculine to God, to universe, to life. You don't need to force yourself or fix yourself <laughs> or try to become something that you are not to attract everything you desire, to have that ease. You know, I really think that the biggest part of the, any kind of transformational journey or manifestation journey is not becoming, it's not about becoming a better version of yourself, right? We can all get clear on who our highest self is and start doing things differently to become that person, etc. That's not what this journey is all about. What it's really about, the deep, deep, deep healing journey, 
is accepting, witnessing, and loving the parts of you that you think you need to change to become a better version of yourself. Because you can do all the healing work in the world, but if it's coming from the energy of, I need to fix myself because I'm not good enough as I am right now, and you become a quote-unquote better person, you achieve all the things on your checklist that you say is your highest self, is that really healing? Or is that just another self-preservation mechanism? To keep yourself from feeling the shame you have around the versions of yourself that don't feel lovable to you. All right, anyways, another tangent as usual. Is it a Pursuit of Bliss podcast episode if Kristen does not go on at least one really long tangent that she wasn't planning on talking about? What I did say I was going to talk about at the beginning of this podcast was I was going to tell you about my Guatemala trip because so much shifted for me there. I have a lot I want to share. So, yeah, I... I went on a two-week solo trip to Guatemala, and I've actually felt called to Guatemala for a while now. It's been popping up everywhere for maybe nine months or so, and I knew I was meant to go there. I just didn't know when, and a few weeks ago, I started to get signs all the time. Everyone was mentioning Guatemala to me. I literally could not avoid it day in, day out, and I was like, all right, clearly I am meant to go to Guatemala now, and the timing did not logically seem right. It was the same time that a lot of my friends were meeting up for a girl's trip in the States. And I had been planning to go. But um, a few weeks prior, even before I knew I was going to go to Guatemala, for some reason that trip started to not feel right in my body anymore. Which logically didn't make sense because logically, of course I want to go hang out with my best girlfriends in the world by the beach. Why wouldn't I want that? Of course I wanted that. But it suddenly started to not feel right in my body, which I knew was just my intuition responding, letting me know that there was somewhere different that I was meant to be. And it's not that I don't love my friends that I didn't want to be with them because I very much did and I know that I'll see them soon. But God had a different plan for me. And that plan turned out to be Guatemala, which I realized just really a week before I I bought my flight for my trip and so I went alone and you know something I didn't really realize or haven't realized is how much traveling solo is is not a normal thing it's so normal to me I've done it so many times that I get shocked when people tell me like well I'm so proud of you like I you know I had multiple people tell me they're proud of me which I very much appreciate and people asking me how it feels to be alone and how I did it and if I was scared and and I forget that the way I live my life is not normal. I've normalized it so much for myself that I forget that it's not normal in terms of like the standards of society and life and general people. Because I think the thing is I have trained myself over the years. I have trained myself to, to be completely used to it too and comfortable with discomfort. So much so that going on a solo trip, yes, there's way more discomfort than when you're with a friend or friends or family or a partner. Especially in a country where you don't speak the language fluently and you've never been there before. There's way more discomfort. But for me, that no longer feels like something that I'm scared of. It, it feels like an exciting challenge. And I think I've really built a really firm embodiment of I'm surrendered to the discomfort. Right? Bring it on because I trust myself. trust my intuition. I trust my support system. I've got God on my side got life on my side got my ancestors on my side I'm ready for the discomfort and this comes after quite a few years of quite a few solo travels and some very long-term solo travels as well 
And now this is the way I live my life. I live my life expecting and welcoming discomfort, expecting and welcoming challenges, expecting and welcoming triggers. And, you know, I didn't just start out like this. I mean, I started really small. If you're someone who is really uncomfortable with solo travel, I'm not saying that you should go book a solo travel flight tomorrow and it'll change your life and you'll suddenly be okay with discomfort. Start small, right? Start with getting a coffee alone. I remember a few years ago, I used to start with like going to the movie theaters alone. I'm feeling that discomfort and really allowing myself to feel the sensation of, oh my gosh, are people looking at me to think I'm a loner? To think I'm on a date, but someone ditched me, right? Like be with those sensations, be with them, allow them to be there instead of resisting them. Breathe through them because the lightness, the freedom on the other side is unimaginable. So solo travel. I ended up in Guatemala and I realized very quickly why I was called there. It was to reconnect with God and I'm going to share more about that, but first, I've had a few questions. I think I've talked about in the podcast a couple of times, but I've had a few questions recently on Instagram about if I could go in more, explain in more, explain more in depth why I've shifted my language to speaking more on God rather than universe. And I still use universe sometimes. I still connect with that word, but God has become the more powerful word for me. And the reason is to give a more... I guess short explanation is I have a lot of religious trauma from when I was younger. When I was, I mean, my entire childhood actually, and even in high school, my family wasn't religious. My mother grew up Jewish. My dad grew up Catholic, but neither are practicing. And so I grew up kind of without religion. But I used to go to a summer camp that was Christian. And in high school, I used to drive myself alone to church every single weekend and to youth groups. So I kind of grew up really clinging on to Christianity and and really being a part of the church on my own. Like I chose that path for myself and I felt really connected to it. But it also I ended up I'm what and I'm sure a lot of you have had similar experiences. I've spoken to a lot of you about this. I ended up with a lot of religious trauma. A lot of shame around sexuality. A lot of there was a lot of I grew up with a lot of this ideal that I carried with me around becoming a perfect person so I could feel lovable by God, by Jesus, by whoever. And I grew up with this idea of God as this, you know, kind of father figure who only loves you if you follow the rules he laid out in his Bible. And so the word God felt traumatic to me after a while. You know, after college, I I kind of got to a point where I, I didn't really have any sense of spirituality. I wanted to feel connected to something, but the word God felt icky to me. And so I no longer aligned with anything religious. And so I kind of rejected all forms of God, of spirituality, of connection, of religion. And I just decided, no, I must be on my own in this life. And it wasn't until years later when I kind of found spirituality and and universe was kind of my step back into connection with the divine without having to face my religious trauma and heal my relationship to the masculine, right? God, the father figure, the masculine, that that is the masculine. Our relationship to men is almost always also a reflection of our relationship to the Father, to the Divine Father, Divine Masculine. Whatever that means for you, maybe God isn't a word that resonates with you. Maybe for you it still is universe, or for you it's divine or spirit or source. So if the word God still triggers, you know that, yes, I'm going to be using it, but if it really does, you can replace it with words that make you feel comfortable now so you can still take in the message. But I would invite you into into really taking a look at your relationship to that word because when I really chose to do that and dive into that it changed my entire life 
it was a deep, deep layer. There were deep, deep layers of shame and hurt and grief there around the image of the Father and God, that word itself. And so I began to reclaim it and I began to do a lot of deep work and integration work around it and shadow work around it and healing work around it. And I've kind of reclaimed that word and, and I feel so much when I say God, I feel so much more connected to God than I ever did to universe. Universe felt so much more general. And yes, I could still feel love from the universe, but the love I feel from God feels, it just, it, it feels deeper. It feels more expansive. I can feel it more. I feel so much more connected to God than I did to universe. And I still believe in universe as a concept of like, yes, life and energy supporting us and universe supporting us. Yes, the universe has our back, but God is the one loving us. God is the one holding us. God is the one leading us, right? The masculine leads. If you want a man who can lead you, do you trust God to lead you? So I began to reclaim my relationship to God and what God means to me and realizing that an unconditionally loving God doesn't care if you meet a list of requirements or not. An unconditionally loving God doesn't need you to do anything to be worthy of love. And yes, you can know these things logically, consciously on the surface level, but to really be embodied in them, to be embodied in the knowing that you don't need to do anything or be anything to receive love is something completely different. And I'm not going to go into too much depth on this right now. I could do another podcast episode on it on another time because I could talk for hours about this, but I just kind of wanted to address that because I knew a few people were, were wondering about this shift in my terminology and... I even, I remember in high school, I used to like solely listen to religious music. My favorite band was Hillsong. And I couldn't listen to them for so long because I felt so triggered by the music because I felt so betrayed by God because of all of the trauma I had, right? Like, God, if this is you, how can this be the church? How can this be religion? How can this be what I was taught? I remember in high school, I literally showed up one day with a piece of paper from a youth group I went to that was telling me how to talk to my friends and how to convince them not to have sex. I remember studying it before going to class so I could be ready to talk to my friends when they brought up sex and convince them that it was bad and dirty. Ugh, that memory still gives me chills. Um, I, I just have so much love for that version of me and empathy and compassion for her because she felt that connection to something greater than herself. She felt the connection to God, but unfortunately the church led her in the wrong direction. And I know I'm not the only one who had similar experiences. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity to kind of heal that and be reconnected to God again. And now I've been able to reclaim the music I used to love. And now when I listen to Hillsong, Hillsong the band, I feel so connected to God, to universe, to myself. And I just feel love. I no longer feel flashbacks of my old religious trauma. And for me, ever since I've kind of opened up to the relationship and connection to God and the divine again, rather than looking at it as just universe, it's like my capacity to attract what I desire has deeply expanded, deeply, deeply, deeply expanded. And I, I feel so much more open and I feel like I just, it's hard to describe in words. And I don't align with any religion. I still don't align with Christianity. I don't, I don't, I'm not religious. I don't go to church. I don't. For me, organized religion is not for me. For some people it is. That's great. I'm not a religious person. I don't even call myself spiritual. I'm just a human being with a soul navigating this thing called life and trusting in God. That's it. I don't really align with any of the labels, any of the religions, any of the spirituality. I just am. Like, come on. We're just human. I just am. 
I don't want to have to live up to the label of a spiritual person or a religious person or any kind of person. I just want to be Kristen. I'm just a soul navigating a human experience imperfectly. That's all. A soul navigating a human experience imperfectly and learning to love again. So going back to Guatemala, I really felt that I was brought there to reconnect with the divine, to reconnect with God because I just, I was solo spending so much time on my own. And of course that's uncomfortable. Like you, you're really faced with loneliness and I was so used to being around people all the time. I have so much community here in my home and I was forced to really reconnect with myself, really reconnect with God, with the divine. And it was, I'm getting chills again because it was really powerful for me. And I remember just walking around the town I was in in Guatemala by the lake and it's like every other street corner, literally, there was so much street art. And there, every other street corner said, God loves you. I am not exaggerating at all. The street art there it was, or the street graffiti, whatever you want to call it, it was literally every other corner was reminding you that God loves you. And I, it's so funny because I remember waking up one of my first mornings and I actually had food poisoning one day. I was puking and I was feeling miserable and and I knew that I was releasing so much on this trip. I, I was releasing and shedding so much energetically and that food poisoning, the puking was the physical reaction to that because I was spiritually accelerating more quickly than my body could keep up with. And I had to actually like physically get rid of that energy. And so that was the puking. And I was just feeling miserable and sad and lonely and all the things in a new place with myself. And I was like, God, please just show me a sign that I'm loved. And the next day I was feeling better. I went out to explore. And of course, every single street corner said, God loves you. And I just, <laughs> yeah, synchronicities. Like, yeah, I just felt like a hug from God. And so many synchronicities on this trip. I remember one day I was, I always go on morning walks in nature and I respond to my Voxers. I send voice messages to my mastermind queens and to my one-on-one clients. And I was sending a voice message to my ma- in my mastermind and we were talking about childlike playfulness and childlike faith and how important that is in attracting and magnetizing and and living with an open heart and naturally attracting things to you that are meant to be with you and as I was literally saying out loud childlike playfulness I kid you not a little baby freaking puppy runs up to me and starts jumping on me and licking on me and playing with me and of course I pause and played with the puppy and then go back to finish my message to my mastermind students. And it's like moments like that when you know how aligned you are. Yes, childlike playfulness, childlike faith. It was like God just sending me a sign that yes, 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 you got it. That's it. Stay with that. Stay with that. Embody that. Be with that. And that's how I know that everything I was teaching that moment, I was fully embodied in because in that moment, I attracted a proof of it with ease. And there were a million moments like that on my trip. It was just nonstop synchronicities. And I think one of the biggest things that one of my biggest lessons on this trip was slow down, slow down to speed up, right? You've heard that, but slow down, not to speed up. Don't slow down with the intention of speeding up, slow down, knowing that the energy will accelerate when you slow down but slow down for the sake of slowing down. There is no damn rush. Slow down. Slow down. Slow down more. Do less than you think you need to do. No matter what you think you need to do, you need to do less than that. You need to be. Can you be more? And I talk a lot about slowing down and being, and I was initiated into a deeper deeper level of that on this trip I was sleeping like 12 hours a night had really relaxing days of doing nothing or just adventuring or meandering getting lost in new cities new places in nature and a big message that was coming through was that I felt like needed to be shared with everyone is that 
the place you think you want to be, the things that you think you want, when you're there, you're not going to have access to any more happiness than you have access to right now in this present moment. I saw this quote actually on Instagram that said, God punishes you with everything you want. And I don't believe that. I don't believe God is ever punishing us. I don't believe in a God that punishes. I believe in a universe that's a universe and a life and God that's always trying to love and support us. Sometimes we just can't feel it because we have so many walls up and the love literally cannot penetrate us. So I don't believe that God punishes you with everything you want, but I do believe that my highest path in this lifetime in the past few years was attracting and manifesting everything that I wanted. Not so that I could have everything that I want, but so that I could realize that I didn't need everything that I wanted to be deeply happy because at this point in my life a lot of the things that I wanted more than anything in the world I got all of them the luxury car the luxury house the overflowing bank account the seven-figure business six-figure months literally everything I wanted I've checked off all of it there is not one thing that I asked to manifest that didn't show up for me because I got really good at it but now I don't have a lot of those things anywhere I'm going back to Miami to sell my car next month all the things that I thought I really wanted, I'm so glad I manifested them because it taught me that I don't need any of those things to achieve the deepest, deepest sense of love and fulfillment and happiness because I am the happiest and the most at peace, true embodied, centered peace, like really in my whole body that I ever have been or felt in my entire life. And a lot of those things I used to have, I don't, I don't have six figure months anymore. I could, if I really wanted it, I could, I could make it happen. I truly believe that. I still believe that I have unlimited, uncapped potential and I can attract and manifest anything that I desire, but I no longer desire to attract a lot of the things that I used to have. And I do think that part of my purpose right now on this planet was that, yeah, God gave me everything I wanted so that I could show everyone else that you don't need everything you want. And no matter what you think, on a subconscious level, you think that the things you want are going to bring you more happiness. And I know you've heard it a million times, but it's not going to bring you more happiness than you can achieve or attain or access right now in the present moment. And what I've realized is that making peace with the present moment and finding that joy right now or just really, really not even the joy, anything, allowing all of the, the sensations to be as they are and to exist in my body right now, that attracts everything that actually brings me a sense of deeper fulfillment than any of the things I consciously think I want ever could or ever will and this is why now I'm more interested in attracting from a surrendered state than from a forced state from a place of this is what I want and I'm gonna make it happen like props to people who are doing that that's great and I support you but I don't want that anymore I'm done trying to make things happen I'm done with this is what I want and I'm going to go make it happen no matter what. Now I'm more like, okay, this is what I want. But God, if there's a better way, show me. I'm open. If there's a better path, show me. I'm open. If you want to close the door, fine. I'm not going to like it. I'm probably going to cry and scream and feel like shit about it. But I'll let it burn down. If you want to burn that door, burn it. Fine. I'm not going to resist. Going to fucking hate it the whole time. But I know what's, what, what's around the corner for me. And I trust you so deeply. So I surrender. And it really was the void that brought me to this place. And I can tell you, 
after really I've manifested everything I want in my life ever that I've ever wanted. And it's the things that I never knew that I wanted, that I never asked for, that I never intended for, that brought me the most joy, love, abundance, and fulfillment in my life. The highest path for you is almost guaranteed to be a path that you don't have the ability to imagine or ask for doesn't mean you can't have the things you want. I do believe that, that your desires are on your heart for a reason and that your desires desire you and they're meant for you. But the way they're going to come, how they're going to show up, the way they're going to play out in your life, are you open to it looking different than you think it has to be or should be or will be? And this is the deepest work that I've been working through with a lot of my clients and mastermind students. It's been beautiful to watch as they soften It's crazy seeing people come to work with me and seeing how they soften each week. Their energy softens. And sometimes it even seems like their life isn't changing that much. And then a month later after the container ends, they come back and they tell me what's happened. And this keeps happening. It's like the work you're doing doesn't stop working once you stop doing the work. When you begin to soften and open and trust and surrender again, that creates a ripple effect. You'll continue to attract from that place because now you're like, you're radiant. You're in your essence and in your natural state of being. And when you're there, you literally cannot stop the miracles from showing up in your life because life is meant to be miraculous. Miracles should be normal. But most of us are too closed off to receive them. We don't allow them to penetrate us. Our walls are so thick around our heart that they cannot be penetrated by anything good or bad. At least that's how I live most of my life. And it's it's an ongoing process to break down those walls one by one by one. When I look at my life, I think every time I was heartbroken on my knees, and I don't just mean romantically, but every time something broke my heart, whether it was a failure or whether it was love or anything, I put a crack in the wall, put a crack in the wall, put a crack in the wall. And I had a lot of questions on the Q&A last week about love and attracting a partner and I wanted to share a story of a student of mine who actually reached out the other day and told me she just attracted her partner and it's interesting because I honestly almost all the women that come to work with me we end up working on relationships they come thinking they want to work on business or money or whatever it is and we end up working on love (laughs) which I love but it's because love is everything. Love is everything. We think we want money, but what we want more is love. And we think the money will bring us more love unconsciously. So this particular student of mine or client of mine, she really wanted a partner, but she was really worried that no one would like her the way she is uh, because there were certain things about her that she felt were unlovable or that it was impossible to find a partner who would be okay with this part of her. And she also felt like it was impossible to attract someone outside of the dating app. So she was forcing herself to be on dating app. She also just felt like it was impossible that anyone could accept and love certain parts of her that she felt were really important. And so through the journey, we kind of helped her to soften and to open and to accept and love these parts of herself and to really step out of the shoulds like I should be on the dating apps or I need to be on the dating apps to attract the right person or it's going to be difficult to attract the kind of person who will accept all these parts of me and we just moved through all of those stories on a really deep embodied level and she surrendered and opened herself to all of the pain that was underneath these stories the pain of actually not unconditionally loving herself the pain of in the past not feeling unconditional love because of certain parts of herself 
And in the time period of the container, she had quite a few different like rejections and heartbreaks that we helped her to keep her heart open through all of it. It was incredibly brave and courageous and really just amazing. I was so proud of her. And this is why I say all pain has purpose because that pain cracked her open. And a couple of months later, she naturally attracted her partner in real life, not on a dating app. And this is just one example of you get to have it your way. You don't like dating apps? Great, delete them. You think that there's parts of you that cannot be loved and accepted by a man, so you hide them? No more of that bullshit. There is someone out there who is going to love you even more because of those parts of you. And if you're not excited about dating apps, get off of them. If you're excited about dating apps, get on them. Follow your excitement and get rid of all of the shoulds in every single area of life. If I like one thing, you t- if there's one thing you take away from this, go get your journal and make a list of all of the shoulds in your life, right? I should be on dating apps to attract a partner, or I should be working eight hours a day if I want to get my business off the ground, or I, I don't know what it is. Make a list of all of the shoulds in your life and then make it your job to slowly cross each one out of your life. And just see what happens. Make an exp- I did this once. I had a little experiment. I wrote down all the shoulds that I had in my business and in my life. And I said, I'm going to see what happens if I stop doing these things for the next month. Right? Like I should do this, do XYZ to make money. I should do XYZ to make friends. Blah, 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 blah. The list went on. I stopped doing all of them. And I, my life quantum leaped. And I never added them back into my life again. And I'm still making money and I'm still making friends and I'm still attracting miracles and doing all the things without the shoulds. And a couple last things I just want to mention because these were collective messages that were coming through deeply this week is it's really important to have grace and forgiveness for yourself for all of the times that you didn't reach your own unattainable standards of what a healed person looks like. The inner work can quickly become toxic when we use it to set a standard And use it as an excuse to shame ourselves. When we say, okay, wait, I know what a healed person looks and acts like. And I'm not doing that. So I'm going to guilt and shame myself for it. And try to force myself to begin to act like what a a healed person should do. Or what a a leader should do. Or what a coach should do. And all we're doing is falling back into the same trauma that comes from religion and society. Of you need to follow XYZ to be loved. But now it becomes, you need to follow XYZ to be worthy of being a leader, to be worthy of being a coach, to be worthy of sharing your voice, to be worthy of starting that business. We've all got shame stories. We've all got things that make us feel unlovable or unworthy of being a leader or unworthy of helping people or unworthy of being a coach. Those are the things that make you even more worthy of doing everything you want to do. It's not about being fully healed or doing all of the things right. Or never falling into limiting beliefs or never falling back into toxic, quote-unquote, toxic habits. It's not about that. It's about how you respond when you do fall into those habits, patterns, mindsets. You're human. The things that you are most ashamed of, if you go deep into them, that's the key to everything you desire. That's it. Shame is one of the most difficult emotions to feel. And it drives a lot of our unconscious behavior. If you're willing to face your shame, the parts of you that feel the most unlovable, if you're willing to bring those parts of you to the light, ooh, you're unstoppable. You are unstoppable. 
We all have things that make us feel unlovable and unworthy. Don't forget that everyone else out there is, is human too. Every single leader you see on Instagram has something that makes them feel unlovable and unworthy of showing up, but they still do. Your things, your stories are not any greater than anyone else's. We all carry a lot of shame. Those things that you have shame about that, shame about that make you feel unlovable. It's what makes you human. It's what makes you relatable. It's actually what makes you lovable. Even more lovable. <laughs> because your humanness is lovable. No more performing to receive love. No more shaming parts of ourselves or hiding parts of ourselves or pushing parts of ourselves away to receive love. This is the biggest like download I received in Guatemala. If God is unconditionally loving, if the universe is unconditionally loving, if life is unconditionally loving, then that means that the conditions I've been setting on myself don't actually exist. The ones that say I need to hide this part of me or be more like XYZ or I, or I need to stop eating sugar or I need to stop having casual sex or I need to stop smoking weed or I need to meditate more or, or I need to post on Instagram more or whatever the stories are. I need to do or get rid of XYZ to be worthy of being a leader, to be worthy of helping people, to be worthy of love, to be worthy of attracting a partner. Right? Like, what are the stories? I would attract a partner who could fully love me if I could just X, Y, Z, fix this one thing, stop this one thing, do more of this. I could attract attract the six figures in my business if I could just stop doing X, Y, Z, if I could just do more of this. What are those stories in your life? What are they? Because what the story really is, is I'm not worthy and I'm not lovable as I am. These parts of me need to be hidden, need to be fixed, need to be changed. And guess what? You're never actually going to fix or change a part of yourself by trying to fix yourself from the energy of I'm not good enough as I am. Maybe you do actually shift a pattern you don't like through that energy, but then that energy will just grasp onto something else. Maybe you'll get rid of one addiction, but it becomes another. Right? This happens a lot in with religious trauma we take our religious trauma and we get rid of it and then we reattach it to spirituality and we treat spirituality in the same ways that we treated religion we actually suffocate our own selves in the same way that in the same way that our religious trauma our religious experiences used to suffocate us because we're so used to it it feels safe to us now we do this in all areas of our life okay and the other message i wanted to touch on that came through strongly was self-worth Stop trying to fix your feelings of unworthiness. Your feelings don't want to be fixed. Imagine your feelings of unworthiness like imagine your feelings of unworthiness like a little five-year-old child who's crying. She's crying because she feels unlovable. And she's tugging on your shirt trying to get your attention. What do you do? Do you throw some words of affirmation at her really quickly to get her to stop crying because her crying is a nuisance? It's annoying you? Or do you slow down and and stay present with her? Do you let her crawl into your her lap? Do you let her crawl into your lap and just hold her? Do you let her continue to cry as you just show her that she is loved exactly as she is in the midst of all of her feelings of unworthiness and in all of her tears? Because this is the difference. Do you show her that she needs fixing, or do you show her that in the midst of her deepest insecurities, she is still loved, worthy, and accepted by you? That's what she wants. Your feelings of unworthiness don't want to be fixed. They want to be validated. 
So I would invite you to stop trying to fix your feelings and spend more time validating and witnessing them. Less time trying to fix yourself and more time witnessing, loving, and accepting the parts of yourself that you've shamed and deemed as. Are you brave enough to witness and be with those parts of yourself? Because that's hard. The easy thing is to push them away, give yourself some words of affirmation, and move on. The hard thing is to slow down and to be with those sensations. They want to be witnessed. The five-year-old tugging on your shirt wants your love and attention. That little child does not want to be fixed. That little child does not want to be invalidated, does not want to be told that they need to stop crying or pull it together or be more confident or any of those things they just want to be held and loved and that said that feels complete this episode does right now I'm in a season of slowness I'm not going to be taking on a lot of one-on-one clients I do feel that one or two feels aligned. I feel the energy of uh, two souls who are about to come through. I can feel you already. So if you feel pulled to working one-on-one with me, send me a DM on Instagram or apply through the link in the show notes. I can't wait to welcome you into this energy. If you are ready to have your heart cracked open and to soften and melt back into yourself. And... As usual, if this episode resonated, it means a world to me when you share it on Instagram and tag me to help help get the episodes out there. It really means a lot when you guys share. And it also means a world to me when you leave honest reviews on iTunes. It helps to also get the podcast out there and it just it just moves me so deeply. It, they make me cry. So I would be honored if you feel called to do that. If you do, you can always send a screenshot to support at PursuitOfBliss.com and I'll send you a free manifestation meditation from me and and i love you thank you for listening and making it this far i hope you're having a magical day and talk to you probably next week